Welcome to the Sunday Morning Linux Review, episode 301. We're going to talk about... Fresh looks. looks. Oh, yeah. Fresh yes, looks. Fresh looks. Fresh looks with Mary. That's uh, right. I'm here again. The second episode in a row. Second episode in a row. It's amazing. Making a habit of it. She's going to talk about uh, technology that enriches life. Endless OS comes with everything your family needs. It's... <laughs> That's like the tagline. I'm reading this from their website. I'm not being cheesy. Um, But their website's actually really nice looking, too. Like, this is uh, Mm -hmm. my first impressions of it are here. company. Yeah. That's because it is. Um, Now, if I said I I was going to do an endless review today, you might have some misgivings and assume that I drone on and on like I normally do. No, I added that. Um, Well, I I won't drone on that much. But I will be talking about something called Endless, Endless OS. It's a Linux-based system with Debian underpinnings that provides a simplified and streamlined user experience. Endless OS was developed, or is developed and maintained by a company called uh, Endless Solutions. They must never run out of solutions, but anyway, it's a company. Okay, that's the last joke. Uh, A company founded by Matt uh, Dalio. He's the son of uh, famed hedge, uh, hedge fund manager Ray Dalio. Ray wrote a book, um, Ray Dalio wrote a book called Principles. He's uh, uh, president of one of the most successful hedge funds in the country. It's been in uh, business for 40 years, and um, it's a very principled guy. So I'm not at all surprised that his son runs this because they also um, they also do a lot with um, with orphans and with um, you know in parts of the world where uh, technology um, is you know sorely needed. So okay, so that's you know, one of the things that they do. Um, but anyway, the, but I'll do. I will share the vitals. Of course, the name is Endless OS. Uh, the maintainer, um, Endless Solutions. Uh, the distro's uh, latest birthday. Uh, it was January tenth, two thousand and nineteen, and it appeared on DistroWatch about a one week later, uh, January seventeenth. Now it's um, derived from Debian, and the kernel version in this uh, latest uh, version of uh, Endless OS is four point one eight point zero twelve. And the review desktop, well, um, according to DistroWatch, because there wasn't really a lot of information on the site, and you can tell that this site is really designed for, um, I'm not going to say casual users, but people who don't have a lot of experience. I mean, I was, I really had to do some digging to find some of my information, but uh, it's called Endless Shell, and it's essentially a forked and customized uh, version of GNOME 3. So that's really what it is. So we're talking, you know, GTK and uh, those kinds of things. Now, the Endless OS basic download was a slim 1.8 gigabytes. I say that because the full version is over 17 gigabytes. That's a lot. Yeah. Now, the difference between the two, uh, besides 16.3 gigabytes, is, 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 is that the full version contains over 100 pre-installed apps, while the 1.7 gigabyte uh, has them ready to install in the App Center. So you want, you want everything all put together, and you just want to put it on your system and run it. Spend three days downloading 17 gigs. Otherwise, um, uh, opt for the 1.7, and you can just install exactly what you need. Now, 32 gigs of space is required for the full version and only 8 gigs for the basic version. Uh, The ISO download, this is something that um, I'm going to confess to you guys and to anyone who happens to listen to this review, that I have never really used torrents. I've just always opted for the direct download. But um, I was forced into torrents. I was forced into slavery. No, I was forced into torrents. more than I want to admit. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's because age, I don't Mary. go to, yeah. Well, you know, I don't do Pirate Bay. Um, is that still around? Yes. In some form. Okay. But there's 
There's different scum the banks you can web. get your software from now. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't go out there on the dark web. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, I was I was forced to use torrents, and I have to say that the experience was not as horrible as I thought it would be. In fact, it wasn't horrible at all. Um, it, uh, it and endless, as I said, is just only available via torrent. So um, I, end, had, I ended up installing KTorrent. And then um, less, but here's the thing, less experienced Linux users, when I saw the torrent, I thought, well, I'm going to look around a little bit and see if I can find the direct download. Um, less experienced Linux users might have a little bit of a problem um, trying to figure that out because, you know, they need a separate application if it's not already pre-installed. Um, I, I use KTorrent and um, I had, uh, I had you know, as I said, no problem. Um, and, of course, Jay very sagely reminded me that um, it's always good to, you know, leave that up and running so that you can help seed other torrent downloads. Of course, I just immediately shut mine down when I was done. Yeah, it's terrible. Web hosting Bad Mary. very expensive so. for the ones that do actually give you a HTTP download for an okay. ISO. So sometimes just yeah. making the ISO or the, you know, torrenting it can, seeding it can help them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. But it didn't take really long at all for the 1.7 version to get downloaded on my system. Now, bo- booting the media was easy. After the welcome screen, I was presented with two options. Try Endless OS by running it from USB stick, or B, reformat this computer with Endless OS. Well, I decided that I wanted to try it on a USB stick, so I went ahead... And again, I uh, I put this on a DVD because I'm old school. I have a stack of DVDs that I decided I'm not going to just arbitrarily throw out. I'm going to just kind of continue <laughs> to use them until I don't have them anymore. Um, but anyway, I was under the impression that I was going to be uh, taken through a, a process where I'd insert the USB stick. I'd you know, go through steps one through four, formatting it, putting the files on there, and then I would reboot and be able to run it from a USB stick. Well, that's not the case. What apparently Endless OS thinks is that you don't use DVDs anymore. You're going to automatically put it on a USB stick, and that's how you run the live environment. So that's how you do it. That's what I discovered because Mm. once I clicked it, I ended up um, going past a licensing page, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But um, it just simply loads the live environment, and um, I, I was there and able to, you know, continue with my research and review. But going back to the, the license, um, after I confirmed my keyboard language, the license I was presented with was not the GPL 2 or 3 or some other open source type license. It was a 20-page or so document. But I saw the humor in the title, Endless Terms of Use. <laughs> 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 it contained quite a bit of legalese, things like legally binding document, includes arbitration. Unfortunately, the window containing the license information wouldn't let me maximize for efficient reading. Um, so I just kind of tried to scroll through and just to see what was there. But it, it really looked like the standard, you know, uh, EULA type agreement kind of thing. And that's that's because Endless is an, a company, and they sell they sell little uh, mini uh, boxes with this um, um, operating system on it. I was taking a look at some of those devices, and they're sleek looking. Yeah, they really are. And then there's the Endless One, and that looks like it could be some sort of like art feature. In uh, a house. It, yes, it did. I know which one you're talking about. It does. Uh, yeah, they were quite attractive looking. You know, but the thing that kind of, um, and they, oh, by the way, too, in addition to selling to no doubt retail customers, they um, also, I think they, you can, um, if you're an enterprise, you can also buy from them. They've got some uh, beefier versions. It, it was near the bottom of the list. But what was kind of weird for me is that they had no prices. You have to send your name to them, and then they'll apparently get a salesperson in touch with you, which I thought was kind of. I don't know. It seemed odd to me. 
Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that business model. Yeah, because I just think, you know, I want to click through, spend, you know, maybe 99 bucks or 199 whatever it was, and just get my little system in three or four days. That's what I was hoping. Well, I, I, that's what I was hoping and thinking and dreaming. I, did, I never went through with it. Like so anyway, wood grain on that. Yeah, yeah. it's really, it's really kind of nice. It really is. So, um, but anyway, so uh, beneath, uh, beneath that uh, 20 page uh, endless terms of use, uh, there was a little, uh, there was a little box which was already checked that said to anonymously send stats to endless. So I went ahead and unchecked it. Um, connecting to my wireless ne- network was a breeze, both in the live environment as well as after install. Another note about wireless, there are two options for data, unlimited or limited. So if you've got a connection at home where you're not, you have no throttling or anything like that as far as what goes up or goes down, uh, unlimited is uh, um, the, way, the way to go. And then once you select that, then automatic updates are automatically activated. You should have called it endless data. And, oh, you know, I should have. Endless updates instead of automatic updates. Yeah, yeah. endless updates. <laughs> Can we make pull requests to this repo? <laughs> it's going to be grammatical the entire time. <laughs> so anyway, um, but, but again, g- given, uh, given the mission of the company uh, in some of the areas that they work in, there may be some limitations as far as how, how much uh, data can, you know, go up or down the, the wire. So uh, that's why... Um, uh, you have the option to schedule upgrades if you do have a limited environment to schedule them in the middle of the night, you know, or, or something along those lines. So I thought that was kind of, uh, I thought that was a nice touch because I, I hadn't really seen that before in, in, in most of the distros that I review. So anyway, um, let's see here. So the live environment, once I got myself up and running <laughs> and figured out that, oh, USB stick isn't going to automatically do this for me. Um, the Endless OS desktop was clean with a dashboard launcher um, with some commonly used apps. Um, let me just kind of scroll down here a little bit. Oops, I, isn't this? It's pretty embarrassing. I just scrolled to the top of my review. We'll start all over with the jokes. No, um, <laughs> it, um, uh, there were some LibreOffice components. Um, I think the three that were, that were available were um, Writer, um, the, ex- the Excel one. <laughs> Calc, mm-hmm. and then um, the presentation, Impress. Uh, there's also a Get VLC, which, of course, when you click it, will go ahead and download the, um, the flat pack. I'm going to get into a little bit more about uh, the, the, the package management uh, system they use, and you know, we can have a little discussion about that. And then also um, the, the file manager, there are folder icons that contain logical groupings of apps. For example, Media contain the video app, Totem, Shotwell for photos, and then Get Spotify. Um, it was just a nice little collection of things. Uh, the desktop really reminded me how Chrome browser looks on my Chromebook. Um, it, it, for those of you who use Chromebook or have seen it, there's a search bar and then uh, that is positioned above frequently used items. Now, in, in Chrome, it's, of course, web pages. But in Endless OS, it's just the applications that are uh, situated below it. So there's a, a certain Spartan look to it. Um, it's kind of simple. But I think for the, the users that they're shooting for, it's, it's perfectly adequate. I, of course, prefer eye candy, and, you know, I started. I had a few little annoyances and complaints, but that's just simply opinion, not any deficiencies in the, uh, in the app, or excuse me, in the uh, OS. Now, at the top of the screen is a drop-down tab that displayed the date, the quote of the day, which, by the way, today's quote was, we must eat to live and live to eat. 
I thought that's pretty darn good. And that's Henry's Fielding, 1707 to 1754. Now, there also was an option to visit the App Center, which I did and I'll discuss later. Finally, along the bottom was a single panel with the typical buttons, system tray, quick launch uh, apps, etc. Also available there was an accessibility feature which allows disabled people to activate various functions for easier access to computer resources, you know, be it a keyboard where you could put something on the screen if you um, have difficulty using a, a conventional keyboard. So I thought that was nice that it was just immediately there. Um, these guys seem to take a lot of things into account as they prepared this desktop. Now, the application launcher, I, I'm going to have a little knock on the ap application launcher because um, it wasn't the traditional little menu system that I like. Uh, what it did, uh, it didn't display um, the uh, typical application menu categories. Instead, it produced the app center, which uh, centers itself front and center on your, on your screen. It, the, the application launcher toggles between the app center and the desktop, now, as I said, as I just said, I prefer one uh, that uh, doesn't consume the entire desktop when activated, but um, Endless OS does not appear to offer an option to switch to that kind of configuration like KDE does, where, you know, I could do that big dashboard thing that they've got, or I can just opt to do a menu. And Tom, you probably didn't know that, did you? Mm. You right-click on, uh, right on the application launcher icon in KDE, and you've got several uh, variations. Oh, yeah. That, I remember that. It's been a little while since we're on KDE, but I yeah. don't talk about now. Wow, I'm probably the only one that runs it around <laughs> here. Um, but anyway, so, hey, I like bloat and eye candy. But, uh, but anyway, so um, <clears throat> let's see here. So, yeah, it didn't offer the option to switch. As a matter of fact, the right-click functionality, which is how you change the KDE app launcher configuration, didn't ab appear to be present at all when clicking that launcher button. It just simply, the, the right-click acted, acted the same as the left-click. It just toggled back and forth between, hmm. um, you know, the, des uh, the desktop or... Um, uh, the launcher, the App Center, excuse me. Um, let's see. And the App Center is configured like most graphical install tools I've used. The left contains major categories. The right displays the applicable applications for that category. The tabs across the top let you filter to view only installed applications, all applications, or updates. However, when you're in this section, in that section, for example, of installed applications, all you have is one long list. They're not, uh, they're not um, organized with a left... Uh, you know, left panel into categories like it is on the install, uh, excuse me, on the um, all applications uh, section of this particular app center. So that was a little a little disappointing because I'd like to not have to scroll down a long list if I have a bunch of things installed. I'd like to kind of cut to the chase and having a category on the left. Although true, you can filter at the top by using the search, uh, you know, the search uh, box to kind of get to what you're looking for. Um, so you may be wondering what the defaults are with this application, and I'm going to get to them. Um, whoops, let's see here. There we go. The defaults. Well, uh, Chromium browser is the default in the live environment, and then the Chrome and Chrome, it, the Chrome icon is on the desktop after the OS is installed. Uh, but Chrome, when I clicked it, Chrome browser was downloaded and installed at the first use. So that was, I thought that was a little bit different. Mm. Uh, but to be honest, I didn't really pop open the Chromium browser in the live environment. I just observed the fact that it was that little blue, shaded blue um, icon. And, and yes, I'm sorry to say I made the assumption that it was Chromium. I wonder if that's a licensing thing. Probably. That, that could be. And then the user themselves has to uh, decide if they want to acquire that software. You know, that's a good point. I, that, I bet that's exactly what it is. 
Phil? There's probably some mm-hmm. restrictions about what is allowed to be bundled with uh, Chrome if they change the start page or change this or change that, but then you could probably get around with it. Well, technically it's downloading after it's installed, so it's not bundled. That's, so there's some tricks that some distributions do. Yeah, and, and that could very well be what they did. Um, <clears throat> also, LibreOffice. Um, LibreOffice um, 6.1 came with uh, the download, but after the upgrade last night or this morning, I now have 6.2, the latest version of LibreOffice. Uh, the mail client was Evolution, uh, but several are, several others are available from the App Center. Again, I think Evolution is sort of the default mail client for GNOME, so I think that's why uh, it was included. Is that right? I think it is. Uh, and then File Manager, it uses something called Files, which was formerly known as Nautilus. Um, I won't go any further about that. The Package Manager, now rather than using the traditional Linux, Linux package management system, Endless OS uses a read-only root file system, which is managed by OS Tree, um, with application bundles overlaid on top. And uh, I got that initial information from DistroWatch, but then I went in and tried to do some things. I I set up a root password, tried to do some installs. I'm going to talk about what you know my experience with that in just a few minutes. But uh, but yeah, there's um, they've really kind of locked things down with this. And you know, again, considering their audience, um, I kind of understand why. Um, Phil has a comment on that. OS yeah. Tree is actually a really interesting piece of software. Um, newer distros like uh, Red Hat Eight. Um, Fedora, uh, newer Fedoras are going to be using OS Tree. I believe uh, Nix OS uses it. Oh, yeah. I've heard of Nix. Um, as a matter of fact, I talk a little bit about OS Tree. It's, uh, and I'll, I'll just kind of read this out of context right now. It's Because uh, I had heard of it, but I never really did any digging into it. Um, it's, a, it's an upgrade system um, that performs atomic upgrades of complete file system trees. So it's not like a package manager where you're going to just upgrade or you're going to upgrade certain packages. I mean, it's the whole shebang. Um, it's not a package system, but rather it's intended to complement them is what I really should say. So. Hmm. Yeah, so I, I thought it was kind of interesting. I learned, actually learned a fair amount when I was doing this. Um, su- surprisingly, I'm not, I am trainable. Uh, so they say, boy, I tell you, um, let me pop down to here. So uh, let's see here. Um, so when I, um, so after the install, um, did I, ta- I think I talked about the install, did I, or did I just, uh, where am I? Uh, oh, yeah, no, I didn't talk about it yet because I have a, something to say about this. Hmm. Uh, but it's not endless. Um, it is. <laughs> it's uh, it's an all or nothing affair. Um, it's very easy, very easy to install Endless OS. It's a two part process according to the installer. It said part one didn't tell me what part one was, which I pretty much figured is downloading the stuff, and then part two is just slapping slapping it on the on the disk. Now, after sele- selecting the disk, I could only proceed if I checked the box agreeing. Uh, to the erasing of all my files and applications. Uh, there's no option to select a partition for installation or to repartition. Endless OS takes over the entire drive. So if you like that kind of thing, it's great. I mean, it's not something you're going to necessarily be dual booting unless you're putting it into a virtual machine or something like that, I think. Um, well, yeah, I think that's what you probably... Yeah. You know, unless you unless you put it on first, and then you put another dis, you um, put another distro, and then shrunk shrunk that partition that it's on. That and, makes sense. And went in that way. I think that's probably how you could do it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was very easy, man. A couple buttons, and then uh, once that was done, the second phase of it, which is creating the username and all of those uh, actions, then took place. Uh, you know, keyboard type, et cetera, et cetera. It also, um, it also went so far as to ask me if I wanted to collect, uh, connect my online accounts like Facebook and, he- oh heck no. <laughs> um, I mean, I do have a Facebook account. I go on every once in a while, and I click. You know that I like J stuff. Probably and, doesn't you know. need OS access though. You know, it built into the browser like that. I've never been a yeah, big fan of a lot of that stuff. It's it's yeah. yeah, it's part of the yeah, it's part of the um, yeah the landscape. Um, but anyway, so uh, they had that. I then also uh, added my username. Now the password protect option is toggled to off. So what that simply means is when you log into the system or when you fi- uh, you power it up, um, you're not going to be prompted for a password. You're going to go automatically in. So you've got to take an action to uh, to, to toggle that to on and then provide the password uh, credentials that you're going to use. Well, if they're aiming at end users, yeah. I guess that makes sense because end users kind of like that. That's a frequent thing with Windows people. Can you remove it so I don't have to put a password when I turn it on? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So once once those were taken care of, then the system was ready for use. Now, um, one, um, uh, one notice here that um, – yeah, and I actually talked about this earlier, but I, re- I happened to repeat it again for some unknown reason. And that's just simply the whole notification thing, where if you uh, you have unlimited data, you, you, it's automatically set to get the, you get your updates. So, so if you want more control over it, you can uncheck that and then just say, "Hey, I want my updates only to occur in the middle of the night," uh, that type of thing. And that's when that's when they'll occur, even if you uh, you know, yeah, if you want. So um, I went ahead and started to do some test installs of programs. Of course, that was really what I. I had a lot of interest in. Uh, the first thing I did is I, I did test install the program VLC because that's that was the get VLC icon that was on the desktop. And um, uh, clicking the icon automatically opens the Endless App Center. I was quite impressed with its utility and how well it was constructed. Uh, the left panel contained the major category. I talked about that earlier. Um, that's what happens when I go off on a little tangent. I end up... Uh, Jumping ahead in my review, but anyway, one annoyance I encountered was a suspend action. Um, I, when I'm doing these things, I'm sometimes working on this, and while something's installing, I'm doing something else, and then I come back to my my laptop and see where things are. Well, unfortunately, um, there was an annoyance I encountered with the suspend action. The system defaults to automatically suspending after five minutes of inactivity. Now that may be because um, they're expecting. Endless OS to be installed on a really uh, marginal system, maybe not a lot of um, power or, you know, what have you. Uh, Well, unfortunately for me, um, it was plugged in, and uh, I ended up, um, because once it suspended, there was no way for me to get it out of suspense without, um, or unsuspending it without doing a hardcore reboot. I'm not kidding you. There was no way to do it. Oh, that's very frustrating. It was. It was extremely mm-hmm. frustrating. Um, now, there may be some technical way for you to do it, but I, I tried to do, you know, some key stuff. I tried to, you know, hit the enter button, you know, all those frantic user things you guys have seen and laughed at. <laughs> I was doing them. But, no, it was just nothing. I thought, you know, if I just tick the um, power button, that might prompt it to come up. No. Because when I went into the, um, uh, the settings, the power button was uh, set to do nothing. So, uh, so that's what it did. Nothing. Uh, so, so anyway, what uh, I, what I ended up doing though, I was happy to find out that um, the solution is in settings under the power category. I just dis- they disabled automatic suspend, and um, when the laptop is plugged in, so it will not go into suspense. So that was kind of nice. It was easy to find, easy to solve, but I still kind of bugged me that I was unable to wake it up. And um, I did go into their um, forums, and it seems like there's some kind of a little problem like that. 
Uh, maybe. But anyway, um, Endless's Debian roots can be seen in a number of places, including the uh, Etsy apt directory. There's a single repository there because I opened up the sources, uh, the sources file, sources dot, what is it, list file? Yeah. I opened that up, and there's a single one in there called obs-master.endlessm-sf.com. And, and that obviously shows that uh, Endless uh, Solutions is based out of San Francisco. Now, this was used for both Deb and Deb Source, um, the Deb and Deb Source lines in um, the um, sources list file. Um, and, but in addition to that, because I thought, wow, it's just one, and then I realized, well, all, all of the apps, most of the apps in the App Center are flat, the flat pack. Hmm. And as a matter of fact... That's I, interesting. Yeah, I figured out. I went in and took a look. I went to, I think it's flathub.org. I went there. Flathub.org. And they call it Flathub. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Flat, I went to Flathub. Flathub's a repository. Yeah, that's where I went. I went to Flathub because that's what was listed in the app, uh, the app center, and um, uh, it was pretty surprising that it essentially it seemed to me that it replicated everything that was in there, so, thus the seventeen gigs guys, <laughs> the hundreds of pre-installed stuff. But uh, uh, as part of my testing, I went ahead and um, decided to perform or attempt to perform some under the hood activity. So um, I, I wanted to see how, um, if I could go ahead and do system uh, updates via apt update. And uh, from the command line, it's not available. What it does, hmm. uh, it sat at 0% for several minutes, and then I just decided to exit out of it. And I, I had uh, I had a good wireless connection to the Internet and everything. So um, behind the scenes, I think what they do to control things is they, they must disable something so that it's not available. I couldn't do it, and it was not... I'm getting some kind of a DNS error when I try to do it. Pseudo, pseudo apt update. In what? In, in this terminal. It's giving me a DNS error. Oh, okay. Hmm. Okay, it's maybe that's probably why it was going nowhere for me. They filter it. I know. Interesting. Also, yeah. I misspoke. There is flathub.org. Oh. That is where all of the flat packs exist. That, yeah, that's mm-hmm. a, basically a repository. So mm-hmm. you have flat pack, but then you just you have to add a repository to it, and that's one. And there's others, but I think that's the main one that most people yeah. use. But there's other ones too, uh, but that's the one that everyone wants probably. Yeah, and I think I figured out, um, I think I figured out why. I went did, did a little more digging on their <laughs> website, um, mostly in like the forum and community area where you can really find out a lot of information, um, is that the core OS, which is uh, the core of the OS, um, is mounted read-only and managed by OS tree. So I mm. think that was part of, the, part of the reason. So you cannot install arbitrary packages using dpackage or apt. I found that mm. out after I went in trying to, you know, mess around with it a little bit. So then it made a bunch of sense. But interestingly enough, there is a workaround provided by Endless, and that's uh, a command called OS tree space admin space unlock dash dash hotfix. And that, that puts a – now it takes a while. Once you uh, – and I, I tried this. Once you run that command, it takes a few minutes because it has to go in and make all the changes, but it puts a writable overlay FS in place. Now, without the hotfix parameter, any changes would be lost when the system's rebooted. But with the hotfix parameter, it allows them to be uh, to remain in place until the system itself is updated. So, hmm. which might be not that much longer if you got automatic updates, depending on what's updated. Yeah, that's interesting how they do that. We have to do yeah, a dive totally sometime into the whole history. Yeah, totally different than what I was history. expecting. It'd be really so good for to... a kiosk, even for that reason. If you're looking for a you know a kiosk, mm-hmm. if you don't want it changed, then you don't ever enable that. Yeah, so it, yeah, pretty different than what I'm accustomed to seeing when I do these distro reviews. So it always is pretty interesting when I see something like that. 
Um, let's see. I talked a little bit. I've already talked about what OS Tree was when we discussed it. Um, I also installed, I went into App Center, um, in addition to the VLC that I installed just from the, from the uh, dashboard, I went in and test installed several apps and packages from the install, um, yeah, from the uh, App Center. Not once did I have a problem with the actual process. However, there were, uh, there were times where the progress indicator was a little flaky. It's, it sat at zero for like a minute and then suddenly went 100%. So I just saw that on my end too. I just decided to install Minecraft just to see if I could. I'm in a VM, so granted, I'm not expecting it to actually function, but it was like zero, and then all of a sudden, 33 out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, and 66, it just, and then. So I don't know where you know where it takes its uh, progress hacks at, but um, it's just it was definitely kind of weird. They just it, forgot to carry the one. Yeah, <laughs> it could be. That could be. Uh, the featured section of the App Center contains a bunch of educational-type applications. It's as if an encyclopedia were divided into web-based apps um, and then made available as features. Uh, from green curriculum to world literature to resume writing, there's something there for everyone. I mean, there really is. And they, they want people to be digitally, um, or, uh, yeah, digitally literate. And so there's a lot of development stuff in there for, from both the easy way of things, uh, you know, from just for young kids, just getting started, easy types of uh, uh, development to um, kind of the more structured and, and um, hard, I'll say hardcore. Um, there's several different IDEs in there that you can install. Uh, the other thing, too, I want to mention is that um, Endless OS, this version of Endless OS, is, the, um, is the, uh, the operating system on the Hacker laptop that's in Amazon that's available for kids. Mm. Um, and they call it Hacker, of course, but it's Hacker in the most positive of lights, you know, as far as... Uh, yeah, the, the tinkering um, one, essentially. Yeah, tinkering, exactly. Yeah. And I think it's uh, one, uh, I want to say it's maybe $199 or $299. So this is installed there, and it's in Amazon. Um, so let's see. So in addition to the, uh, oh, I got to tell you, there was one app in there that was really pretty cool. But there were a lot of other interesting uh, programs. Well, since they're essentially dropping in the whole Flatpak repository in the App Center, you can imagine there's a lot of interesting stuff. Um, in learning, there's something called G-Predict. Have you guys ever heard of it? No. Can't say that I this is real-time satellite tracking and orbit prediction program. I thought, what? I'm going to try this. So I went in and I put the Latin longitude for Detroit. I then, you then can select from a list of dozens and dozens of satellites which ones you want to track. And then you, know, you go through a couple steps, which I, I don't have recorded here, but I, did, I actually did it. And then um, you, um, you save it as like a module. So it's got the, the location and the satellites. And then you can open up that module, and it shows you where in the sky they are. And uh, they they're actually moving. It was really it was really wow. fun. I had never seen that thing before. I, it was cool. pretty. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it really was. But there's a lot of interesting stuff in there. A lot of uh, program development and app development stuff in there. Um, in games, um, uh, a lot of the standard stuff. You know, the the typical Tux games. Um, and also, there's there's. It, <laughs> I lost horribly t- uh, playing Tux Puck. Tux Puck is air hockey against the Tux from Crux Linux, you know, that kind of blue uh, uh, hmm. penguin. So hmm. I lost horribly. Um, I'm just, it, just, it didn't end well. Um, Steam's in there. Um, Coding Fun, that's an app that lets you learn to create your own video game. Um, and then, of course, as I said, most of the standard Linux games. And multimedia, um, they had everything including the kitchen sink. And I mean Blender when I say kitchen sink. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so it's, well, you know, you think about Flatpak, they're dropping it all in there. And, uh, of course, Caden Live is in there, 18.1 uh, 
812-1, Inkscape Hydrogen Handbrake. Oh, hydrogen! I used to have so much fun with that. Make I all these little Hendrick drum from ripping DVDs back in the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, it's that's there too. Oh, really? PDF tricks. <clears throat> um, there's a there's a it's a it's an application that lets you do uh, efficient manipulations of PDF files using Ghost Script, so you can compress, split, merge PDF. You want to pull a page out of a PDF and then recompile, well, recompile, you know, remerge the PDF. You can do it with this tool. Uh, there's another one in there too that uh, does practically the same um, functionality, and it's called PDF Mix. And then Red Notebook. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Red Notebook, but I used it extensively a couple of years ago um, tracking my uh, financial um, trading um, th- that I did. And uh, and there's no coincidence that Red and what I was up to at the time are the same. Um, but anyway, it's a graphical diary and journal that um, was really pretty cool. You could put links to... Um, Links to um, your your uh, files, you know, your your say, you know, you have some JPEGs or whatever, and then you just open up that page and it just automatically because you've got the link where it is, you just got the link sitting in uh, the journal or red notebook, it'll automatically pull up the graphic and it's really pretty slick. It's open source tool. Um, let's see. Oh, one other thing too, I want to mention about this is that um, uh, the audio video Kodak upgrade. Now, um, and we talked a little bit about you know what's open source and what's not and that type of thing. Uh, Endless uh, uh, Endless OS supports uh, many patent-free formats, so you know you certainly have access to uh, um, all of those to to play and listen to as as you as you need to. But if you want to if you want to play additional video formats, a license can be purchased to allow the use of websites containing embedded video and etc. And uh, they charge you three dollars. I think the Raspberry Pi does as well. I bought that mm-hmm. once. Yeah. And then make sure you don't lose it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or, or another $3 is an order, is that yep. it? Okay. Yeah, yeah so you, um, the following common formats, AVI, DIVX, or DIVX, yeah. uh, M4A, MOV, MP4, um, all these things. And then, of course, I, I'm not going to go on any further. I think you guys kind of get the gist of this uh, this thing. It's just, It was really pretty impressive. So... Anyway, um, just to kind of sum this up, if uh, for users who just want to get stuff done and just kind of do the casual um, activities that you would typically do on a on a computer, Endless OS provides the perfect vehicle. It's well put together and provides a wealth of applications that are easy to install and manage. Uh, you know, I've got my own little preferences as far as how a menu should be set up and that type of thing, so I'm not certain. I'll use this as my, uh, well, I know for sure I won't use it as my go-to but uh, I'll probably keep it on uh, on this uh, laptop for a while. So I really, yeah, I really, I liked it. And I think uh, I think their mission um, and what they're trying to accomplish is very noble, and I think this is a great way to help uh, accomplish that mission. So that's Endless OS. So they have an interesting, um, if you go to the very bottom, it says get involved in the Orange League. And they have an entire tiered system set up of being an ambassador, being a co-contributor, being someone who just contributes to documentation. And they have, it, it's a pretty slick system. Like they really have a welcoming uh methodology at which you can join mm-hmm. instead of like hey forums over here they actually have like here's a process here's meet the ambassadors that mm-hmm. are joined this is really interesting because they're they, like you said they're building community around it and it's kind of a noble mm-hmm. project so it's uh yeah really clever i like this and yeah. everyone's wearing these orange shirts and everything so that they have, they have photos of everyone wearing the <laughs> it's the orange club so it's pretty cool yeah yeah so it, yeah it was fun to it's fun to take a look at it it really was now when i tried to apply to the orange league I get a, you rejected? <laughs> a Google Forms 404. Oh. So if you're out there listening, Endless OS, uh, please update that. Mm. 
Uh, they also, in their demo, they I noticed they have uh, broken links to YouTube videos that, about summary of their OS. So, yeah, they it, it, their website's really nice, but there's a couple little minor details that look like they might need to be fixed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think that the key thing, getting the, getting the uh, distro downloaded, well, it worked if, it worked uh, a week and a you know, week ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, I think so, that part works, and yeah, that's why we have torrents for ago. those things. Mm-hmm. So very cool. All right. All right, this was episode 301, Fresh Looks at... Uh, Endless OS. This is Tom Lawrence. Mary Tomich. Bill Parada. Jay LaCroix. All right, see you guys next time. You've been listening to the Sunday Morning Linux Review. If you would like more information about this or other shows, go to smlr.us. Feel free to send comments to show at smlr.us or give us a call at 734-258-7009. Seven zero zero nine. I'm John Miller. If you don't like it, you can bite my eight-bit metal ass. That's bite with a Y. <laughs>